Good morning, my friends. Welcome to this episode of Healing Your Codependency. I'm Marshall Bircher, and I'm your guide in helping you to stop fixing yourself, start loving yourself, so you can create a life that you enjoy. So today, in this little impromptu episode, the last episode of 2022, because then it's vacation time, uh, we're going to talk about this concept called emotional perfectionism, why we're doing it, what it is, how we get out of it. And we're also going to talk about the impact it has on our healing and on our well-being. So before we jump into that, I've got to get this shared out to the community real quick. So if you're looking for a community that can assist you in going deeper in your healing of your codependency through experiments, through access to tools and practices, and through support in this process, come join us in the Heal Your Codependency community. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. All right, let's get this done here. I'm going to get this shared out real quick. They're always moving things. Kind of drives me a little crazy, huh? All right, <clears throat> got that out there. So let me know how you guys are doing in the comments below, and let's jump in. So what on earth is emotional perfectionism? Emotional perfectionism is the idea that I should feel something different than what I feel. I shouldn't feel this. I should feel that. I must feel this. I sh must not feel that. I have to get to this emotional state, and I have to avoid that emotional state. These are, these are ways in which we are trying to force emotional conditions on ourselves so that we can show up in a way that's likely emotionally pleasing to someone else. Or that we think this emotional state is necessary for us to get from A to B. So we think that outcome A requires us to feel a certain way. We're going to force, we're going to try to force ourselves to feel that way so we can accomplish that outcome. These are ways that we express emotional perfectionism. I have to feel a certain way to get what I want or avoid a certain thing in my world. Good morning, Diane. Are you doing this in your world? Are you doing this in your life where you're like, I shouldn't feel this? I should feel differently now or I should... should feel this way about it or that way about it because if you are you're applying this kind of emotional force to your world that's actually inhibiting your ability to heal because emotional perfectionism is a disconnection from our lived reality from our true emotional experience and real healing requires us to actually move into an embrace of our emotional experience it requires us to understand it, to acknowledge it. Hey, I notice I'm feeling this way in response or reaction to this thing. And then come into an awareness of it. I acknowledge that it's here. I, I acknowledge how it feels, what the sensations are, where they are in my body. What are the characteristics of the sensation? Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it hot? Is it cold? Does it bring a color to mind? Does it have a sense of shape? location a sense of density we can even become more in tune with it by acknowledging what it's trying to tell us and the emotion is saying i'm scared i need protection or i don't like this thing i want something different so in that experience of pausing acknowledging and observing what we feel we move into a reception of our emotion so that we can then bring it into connection with ourselves this allows us to start understanding the wisdom of our emotional experiences and what it's trying to communicate to us. Once we're able to acknowledge it, then we need to endorse the emotion. 
I also call this legitimization. Legitimization means to make it real and valid to me. The reason we want to make an emotion real and valid to us is so that we can draw closer to understanding what it's trying to do for us. It's my experience that our emotional states are attempting to prevent something and cause something. They're trying to protect us. They're trying to create safety. They're trying to avoid disconnection, create connection. There is a need this emotional state is trying to communicate and trying to facilitate for us. So when we legitimize what we're experiencing, what we're feeling, we come closer to understanding what that is. When we legitimize it, it's like, hey, of course I'm feeling this anxiety. When I've done things publicly in the past, I've been humiliated. I've been attacked, I've been shunned, or I've been made fun of. Of course I'm feeling scared about getting into a relationship. (laughs) I've had really unsafe relationships in the past. Or of course this success is overwhelming for me. I didn't think I could do it. And now I'm learning how to navigate a success. See, when we endorse our emotions and we endorse our lived experience, we become an ally to ourselves. It allows us to understand our relationship with our reality. That helps us better understand and know ourselves so that we can love and be who we are. And when we do this process of acknowledgement and legitimization, we start a third step called integration. So when I do a legitimization, like, oh, yeah, of course I feel anxious about doing a video on Facebook Live. I've got people paying attention. What if I screw up? That would be scary. Immediately, I start to actually relax. And I'm like, I can kind of be me. I don't have to be perfect at this. In fact, I can have some fun with it. That shift right there is an integration. I pause, acknowledge, and observe the shift, which allows my body to adapt to the situation from a different emotional perspective. I didn't actually have to force anything. All I had to do was love and care about what I was feeling. And that allowed space to emerge, and I got to have a different experience there with that. So Diane shares, I think about my perfect response of saying I'm good when I'm asked how I am, no matter how I feel. Boom, right, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to you know, upset someone else, or I want to avoid uncomfortable conversations. And I mean, sometimes the I'm good converse- response is a, an appropriate one, depending on the context, too. Like, if I'm at Walmart, someone's like, how are you? And I'm like, having the worst day of my life. I'm not going to be like, it's the worst day of my life. I'm going to be like, I'm I'm good, and I move on with my life, because that person, I don't know them, right? So, But I would say, hey, life is kind of burning down right now uh, with a person that I know is trustworthy and safe and has a, a warm interest in my well-being. So yeah, we're being, well, it's about being honest, it's about being human, but it's also being in connection with ourselves, being warm to ourselves, being our own ally, our own parent, our own emotional shelter. This doesn't exclude co-regulation, it doesn't exclude shelter provided by others, but what it does is it in it builds us into the equation. Hey, yeah, I can be with myself, care for myself, and, you know, it's really an awful day. I'm bringing people that can care for me too. So now I have this huge, warm blanket of love and care and, and shelter, protection, 
as I experience whatever it is I'm experiencing. This doesn't just pertain to those painful emotions. It pertains to the pleasurable emotions of joy and fulfillment and success or, or just you know, elation or rest or peace. I can acknowledge those too. There's been a number of times this year where I, my body's like, wow, we're really just enjoying this. It's really peaceful. And a part of me was like, nope, we got to do more things. We got to put more out there. We got to do this. A lot of pressure started coming in. So in this model of, uh, well, if emotional perfectionism would mean I would try to eliminate the forceful voice and try to maximize the peace. At least in my approach to emotional perfectionism, that's what I'd be doing. What I actually do in this is I endorse both of them. Of course, I'm feeling peace and joy or, or some playfulness here. Things are going well. I'm, I've accomplished things that matter to me. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm grateful. And there's a part of me that's really scared that it doesn't get to keep this, that this is going to go away and it's trying to control it and try to maintain it and try to make it persist, which would be that part like, we got to do more or we're going to lose all this. Of course I fear that. I've lost these things before. So I bring it all in. There's nothing that requires any kind of condemnation or judgment. It's just, it's there because it's trying to do something for us. This builds on this concept I teach in the codependency healing system called the um, innate legitimacy. If it's If I'm experiencing it, it's innate, it's real, it's valid, and it serves a purpose. I'm going to find out what that purpose is by inquiring about what it's trying to do for me. My friends, emotional perfectionism traps us in our healing. We're not able to access what we feel. We're not able to process what it's trying to communicate to us. Instead, we try to force an outcome, which actually inhibits our ability to heal and grow. Because healing is an organic experience. It's, it's not a destination. It's like, okay, well, I've got anxiety. Destination should be peace. I don't know that. My brain says it should be that way because that's what I'm really looking for. But what I've actually discovered, because anxiety has been a, a constant in my world for years and years, and it's what I grew up with. And as I have healed and grown, my anxiety didn't turn to peace. It turned to confidence for me. But I only discovered that by going, well, I'm having this anxious moment. What is it trying to tell me? What can I do for me in this to help nurture and care for me? And then confidence emerges. And then peace emerges. When we approach our healing with curiosity and a willingness to acknowledge and legitimize and integrate what shows up, we're actually learning how to dance with ourselves. We're learning our own rhythm. We're all learning our own emotional or somatic language. We're learning our own relationship with life and how we can nurture ourselves through our life and through our experiences. That's real healing because that's where we eventually are able to quickly cultivate what we're looking for by caring for where we're at first. So my friends, take this into your daily life. Let's see what you discover as you acknowledge and legitimize and integrate the emotional experiences you have. Let's see how it shifts your healing. Let's see what it does in your relationships with healthy and safe attachment, with what it does with the things you desire in your life. You may find out the things you thought you should want and should feel aren't things you actually want. They may actually discover something bigger there, which is 
been a frequent thing for me in my world over the past year. So thank you again for being here, guys. Thank you for allowing me to impact your world with my work. This is the final episode for 2022. So watch out because in 2023, um, the week of January 9th, we get back on the horse. We get back in gear on this, diving again into indomitable worth, diving into building real safe and healthy connection in our lives and real lasting safety in our world. Those three necessities that we're all trying to meet, safety, connection, and sense of value and identity. So that's what we'll be playing with as we jump into 2023. So go kindly with yourselves. And then let me know, again, your thoughts in this. If this video has made an impact in your world, share it out. Otherwise, have a safe holiday. And I'll see you guys next year. Bye-bye.